0: Hey, Bree. Hi. Welcome to the constant struggle. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: there that's you so go. nice
0: of you.
2: Ah, it feels good. It's
0: that's a Christmas welcome, Brie. Yeah, it's a festive Christmas welcome. Of course, it is uh the ho- Christmas holidays right now. And um, when we recorded this episode uh coming up, it was not. It we were sort of in the thick of it, and uh and now we're sort of in the holidays. So if uh, if it seems like Florian Francois. Uh, isn't as festive as you would like him to be no <laughs> that it's because we didn't record the episode uh, during the holidays i think we had a great episode with Florian um lots of i was i was uh, editing the episode and <laughs> just so much quotable material he's just a very highly quotable individual because i think all of his answers are so well thought out uh, and down
2: to earth sandwich decisions
0: oh my goodness sandwich jambon fromage bar but before jumping into the episode why don't we do a little um artistic checkup what are you working on these days nothing <laughs> nothing so you did your your novel for NaNoWriMo and you're like that's I did it. yeah I'm done <laughs>
2: yeah I'm taking a, a reading month uh yeah that's right reading month so I've been reading the Sandman com- rereading the Sandman comics
0: okay uh so by uh,
2: Mr. Neil Gaiman
0: Mr. Neil Gaiman maybe you can uh let people who haven't who aren't too familiar with um the sandman maybe you can let them know what that's all about
2: Mm, well it's basically a a lovely comic book for grown-ups it's got a huge scope of storytelling because it involves uh the personification of dream and uh he goes on adventures throughout space and time so you can meet loads of different characters and there's um there's cool gender stuff going on identity politics and all the way back from the 1990s this was happening
0: very cool you say it's for adults is it just because the topics they explore are a little bit more
2: yeah they're super grown up there's you know there's like dealing with hell and uh yeah (laughs) there's a there's a serial killer convention at one point you know that's It's not so much fun for the kids.
1: No, well, yeah. if, if your
2: kid you. leans a little dark, maybe.
0: Right. Also,
2: make sure people are keeping tabs on them. Uh, right. But yeah.
0: All right. It, well, that sounds interesting.
2: Uh, like, highest would recommend. Get involved with the Sandman comics.
0: There you go, folks. I got you a Sandman t-shirt not knowing anything. Currently about wearing storm. it <laughs> as well. Have you taken that thing off the entire it's a, holiday? <laughs> it's on such high rotation. Oh, that's good. Uh, I have been, what have I been doing? You've been doing things? Um, I'm trying to think. Have I been doing things? For, for a lot of the like just recently, I it found It seems like you've been improvulating quite a lot. You know what? I hadn't really been. Um, oh. I hadn't really been. I, I did like a show here and there. Um, and I tr- I keep trying to get the improv Niagara. Well, yeah, I was teaching. I was still teaching here in Niagara up until very recently because we were just in the orange zone. Mm-hmm. where we were still allowed to, to gather,, um, but not anymore. We were we even did a show like not that long ago at Camp cataract. I want to say, like last Friday, so not not Christmas Day, but the week right before. Oh. He had done a show. They did a really good job at making sure the place was like safe and socially distanced for all the audience who came to watch the show. They had put up sh- the <laughs> shower curtains. We're seeing a lot of plexiglass, but they had these like plastic shower curtains so sure. people's laughter uh, droplets wouldn't get all over each yeah. other. Yeah, <laughs>
2: you you guys know butted COVID-19.
0: That's right. Get out of here, COVID.
2: Uh, I feel like you may have been working on your script lately as well.
0: So here's the thing. Today, I started up again working on it. For the longest time, I would look at like, because I've got like my own little habit tracker, and I want to make sure I'm working on my projects. And it's just been day after day of like, no, (laughs) no, no. But today, finally, I I got some motivation. And I'll tell you the motivation, Nick. It came from Jerry Seinfeld.
2: (laughs) Uh, the, The most motivational of 90s comics.
0: Yeah, of all people uh i did disagree so he was on why are you writing hey, you should be writing <laughs> there's the deal right. what's with you not writing
1: exactly
0: i'm out <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah but jerry was on an episode of the tim Ferriss show so shout out to that podcast which is all like getting to know people basically at the top of their game what their process and ha- and- is
2: yep and how to microdose mushrooms
0: yeah oh yeah is that part of
2: it oh yeah it's very. he's big on that he's huge
0: uh doing lots of
2: like literal i mean actual scientific studies on it funding it and stuff like that
0: yeah oh nice
2: yeah so i I find that stuff interesting as well as the the motivational stuff too
0: yeah. Well he Jerry didn't mention or the two of them didn't really get into mushrooms. <laughs>
2: I'm out. I don't care now. <laughs> no? I'm not uh, listening. <laughs> they did
0: talk about transcendental meditation, which I thought I mean listening.
2: that's mushroom adjacent.
0: Right. Um, I don't know that uh that Jerry's got whatever. I don't know. I can't speak for Jerry Seinfeld. What I can speak for was that he motivated the crap out of me. <laughs> Yay! Uh and so yeah, so I got some writing done today on it because I had friends a while ago gave me notes like really good notes i'm like this is what you should do with this script like people solid know. notes yeah solid God. solid notes <laughs> <laughs> um and and i was just like okay one day i'll get back to it but but he he made it so clear it was just like just fucking sit down for an hour a day you know what i mean Or mm. well or or you know give yourself a limit because when you're looking at the whole of the project of the project it seems so it? overwhelming right like would you oh. would you
2: say you were daunted
0: it was daunting oh uh so for me to be like uh just okay just sit down for an hour and work on it um was like oh okay good and and you don't end up getting that much done but at least you're moving on something yeah yeah
2: you're pushing the boulder up the of ro- the cliff a little bit
1: yeah uh, okay
2: just just as a thought exercise Bree, let's yes. let's hold on here we you could edit this out if you want but like what if the world was just first drafts
0: what it, would is, that... that's improv maybe. is that what you're okay, doing okay so is that what... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... all right I never mind
2: so <laughs> it's, if, it's basically wrong and we shouldn't do it and editing is the way forward all right it's we've improv. learned something
0: no, today there's something about the spontaneity of doing it on the spot, but but knowing that it's not perfect is is what's fun about improv. Speaking of improv, uh just uh, between the first time we recorded this <laughs> and now. Uh uh-huh. um, I You you hosted
2: several improv several shows. Several
0: improv shows, and they were all perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I put out like a call on Facebook uh because we're we're in lockdown here in Niagara now. And I feel like in November, I took this class with a bunch Mm -hmm. of people online. uh, And our teacher is so great. She's one of the like, I don't know, one of the most renowned improv teachers uh, in Chicago. And she's taught at all the schools in Chicago. Her name is Susan Messing. Because we have the, because we're in lockdown and everybody's shut down, Chicago's shut down. A bunch of us were like, geez, I wonder if Susan would like continue teaching us some classes here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that one specific workshop that she was teaching,
2: <laughs> she's like, "I enjoy being paid for
0: things." Yeah, yes. I enjoy uh, receiving money for uh, uh, services, services rendered. I'm rendered, <laughs> <or> rendered. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so she, so we took a class with her, and and while I was, uh, while I was there, I was just like, "Why aren't I doing more improv? Like right now, like I."
2: So Jerry Seinfeld and Deborah Messing's sister are both on <laughs> your ass to get this done. There,
0: yeah. Uh, so I decided I'm gonna do one improv scene with a different improviser every day in the month of January. Oh, okay. Well, that being said, now that I've got, now that I've got my projects on the go, what are, what are your? Do you have big projects for the new year?
2: Uh, it's just I've I gotta edit the shit out of three books.
0: That's it. <laughs> that's all.
2: Yeah, that's all. <laughs> and then you know I'm gonna do another book uh, next
0: November. It's uh, I'm
2: going for my my hat, Nano hat trick. Sweet. I I got my Nano 2019 T-shirt.
0: I see you get a certificate when you finish. You it. sure do. That's so and, encouraging. Yeah, yeah. If you do, if you hit
2: your fifty thousand, you automatically automatically win Nano rhino. Brie, I had like three glasses of water and I still can't talk. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, speaking Gr- up, you're sitting up. We're getting up. Let's set up the episode. Uh, okay, Brie. Coming at you. Uh, episode I don't remember what number it is. It doesn't. Uh,
2: doesn't two hundred ninety-three.
0: Yeah, episode two hundred seventy-two. Uh, with, uh, with Florian Francois. Enjoy. Party on, Brie. Party on, Florian.
2: Welcome to The Constant Struggle. I'm Nick Watson.
0: And I'm Brie Watson. Very happy to be here with our special guest, actor, comedian, and a generally awesome dude, Florian Francois. Come on in, Florian. Uh, Hi, everyone.
1: Hello.
3: (laughs) I was hiding in the closet. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Literally, literally recording Uh, from your, your closet studio right
3: now. Exactly.
2: So what's the deal with the Closet Studio? Is that for, to do like, uh, sound not soundtracks, but like re- voice recordings and things?
3: Yeah, uh, I uh, do voiceover as many things, as an actor. It's one of the cool. things I developed. And uh, yeah, I, I've recorded from this closet uh, lots of things, from audiobook to e-learning and uh, yeah, even like some animation and uh, stuff like that. So
2: Cool. Was know? that like before COVID?
3: I actually, I, during COVID, I stepped up my game of uh, yeah. voiceover. So like, yeah, because, you know, more work in voiceover and less work in anything else. So yeah. I stepped up my game uh,
0: then. So do you have, like, soundproofing and things like that in your... Uh... Oh, yeah,
3: I, I have, like, acoustic foam and it's, like, makes it super hot. And uh, yeah, so when I moved in with uh, my girlfriend, I had to literally take over her full closet, and she had to buy one of the small ones to put all of her stuff. So, uh,
0: when did you two move in together? That's super cute.
3: Uh, in September, yeah, I lost, I lost my downtown room, so now I'm in midtown Toronto, which, in my books, is northern Ontario because you know Toronto's raw <laughs> street in my book, but uh, yeah,
0: okay, so of it's the September. You had to yeah. move you had to move in the middle of covid.
3: Yeah, but I, I didn't had lots, lots of things and I was already spending most of my time at her place, so yeah, it wasn't easy. Easy change. Beautiful. And the
2: numbers were good then.
3: <laughs> back in September, those were the days. Uh
0: yeah, I love it. Okay, Florian, let's let's go back to the beginning. Let's see baby Florian <laughs> in France. What's what what's what
2: what part of france
0: <laughs> there you go what part of
2: france it's are you a big country brie
0: i know i know where france is and how big it is
2: <laughs>
3: it's like a- it's like three times smaller than just ontario that's how big it is
0: but it ontario
2: pretty chunky though
0: it feels yes. bigger and richer <laughs> uh like culturally and uh, artistically and oh, God, I'm just shitting all over Ontario, aren't I? Oh, well. Anyway, Florian.
3: So, yeah. Uh, so, like you said, uh, I am from France. And uh, so I grew up in Orléans, Orleans. So, like the Orleans of New Orleans. So, it's like totally different. Not a great music scene, it's not a great. <laughs> it's still France. So, just any shitty part of France is still better for food than most places in Ontario. I agree with that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so uh, I grew up uh, there. I had a very middle class in a middle town uh, upbringing. So I like to say that if Toronto were Paris, Orléans would be Berry. So it's kind of close, but it's still it's not the burb. It's like its own place. So that's okay. also why I have a soft spot for (laughs) Barrie and when they're like oh it's really it it has the same vibe of this you know like medium you know average city have you been
0: to have you been to Orleans in like just outside of Ottawa? I wonder if those of Orleans just outside Ottawa is similar to Orleans, France.
3: No, it feels like Orleans feels a little more like the suburbs of Ottawa. So yeah it doesn't but I've met many people who are from there like are we from the same town but
1: (laughs)
0: no
3: (laughs) Just because you speak French
0: doesn't mean you're from the same town or country. Nick, are you looking at a map right now of France? Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking you're checking-
2: up. I, I love I'm a Francophile. I
3: love France. And this is on the Loire Valley. So the Loire, which is the biggest river. Right. Isn't there lots like, of
0: nice and wine on the Loire?
3: Yeah. Le vins de la Loire. There's a lot of castles.
2: Uh, the big-ass forest.
3: Yeah. So it's it's cool. There's like lots of good things, and you know, like growing up there, I was like, "This is a shitty town." Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I left, I actually started. You know, when you come back every other weekend, uh, at the family with my old with all my dirty laundry to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I actually, I learned to love love it more after all that.
0: And so, where did you where had you moved to?
3: So yeah, uh, after. S- so after high school, I uh, I spent uh, nine months uh, in Australia just to uh, try different things. So worked in farms and, you know, left, was living on my own for the first time, learned how to cook for myself. Throw, I, a, fris- was, oh, yeah. throw a Frisbee. No, <laughs> not <laughs> a Frisbee, no. a boomerang. Boomerang. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I learned lots of usable, useful skills like this. And <laughs> And then I came back to France and I moved to Paris. Uh, I worked uh, and studied mostly like marketing and communication. Mm
1: -hmm. I
3: ended up working in a big ad agency. And I mean, I didn't really like it. And on the side, I started to do uh, slam poetry and doing stage and like discovering like try improv a little bit and I really started like when I was living in Paris I had like a great social life but my work life was pretty boring and then I needed something to leave this job and I thought like moving to another country is a good excuse it's not you it's just I'm moving to another country so (laughs) so So, that's how yeah go
0: uh before before you moved to Canada, you were you doing, so you were pursuing things that like slam poetry and artsy things, but had you considered a career in the arts before then?
3: I recorded and I actually had one of my two and was recorded and I had like even a production company, but it was a kind of production company that was saying things like, oh, internet, it's never going to work. So <laughs> I, I had like a few Tens of thousands of you view on YouTube. It was like a a, a song, a slam portrait. I mean, with a song actually with music about my experience working in a fast food. So oh, okay. um, that's, uh, yeah, because uh, I worked for many years in a fast food uh, during which
0: that. which one? Which fast so
3: food? It, it's quick, quick.
0: Yeah, I remember yeah.
3: quick. <laughs> uh quick. Yeah. I like to say it's like the French ANW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Would,
0: and, yeah. That's, I think, a fair and accurate. Uh, way
3: of comparing it. That's a quality yeah. burger. That's actually, like, sure, yeah. quick But now, fucking Burger King bought them. Oh, oh, King. And I didn't like Burger King to start with, but yeah. now I hate them with all my gods. It's like, I felt very attached. And like there's like few quicks left who are still open, and every time I go back to France, you know, it's like the shitty... It's like going to Canada for ANW. I go to France and I'm always like, Where's the last quicks and I want my <laughs> burgers, the ones that I've made uh, And uh, yes yeah, so. I remember
0: when I was in France there was a quick that I would go to in uh when we're just waiting to go over the across the channel. So I guess in Lille. Um and they were they had like Simpsons merchandise. Yeah. And so I have like my cup here from is like a glass cup from quick, because there's they don't I don't fuck around with plastic.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that was, like, was limited. That was not always in the menu. That was like just for a few months. So I
0: think it was first. for the for the movie,
3: right? Yeah, since yeah, exactly. Oh, okay.
0: Okay, and then I'm, maybe you help me cuz like I am I am francophone, but I've never heard the express the expression Pas de cata aujourd'hui," which is what Homer is saying here. What what does that like what does that mean?
3: Cata is like short for catastrophe. Oh, all right.
0: Is that something Homer says a bunch in French?
3: I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think it's just like, you know, it's more like like something that your mom would say like, oh, yeah, quick, I see us. (laughs) So that like, you know, French gastronomy for me is (laughs) quick. it's, It's quick.
0: Amazing.
3: That's what France is really well known for. Their burger game. (laughs) You know, lots of people argue, and it's true. that the McDonald's are better. McDo. I'm
0: not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue. I love a good Royale avec fromage. (laughs) (laughs) Royale with cheese. Yeah, it's sexual. Like your potatoes. Oh, God, I miss it. Anyway, I'm excited to jump into France talk.
3: (laughs) It's actually, and uh, it's going to be the first year of my life that I won't go be in in France for at least, you know, at least a day. And it's been very challenging for me. I was supposed to go to France in the spring. Then I was like, okay, I'll go in December. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. So it's it's actually being very difficult not being able to go back home. And people's start talking to me about french food uh, i am very angry and sad
0: oh i like i guess even the french restaurants in canada don't compare
3: i uh, it's just it some of them are decent some of them are even good but it's also like it's like three times the price i would pay in, right. in france so you know and and i know i'm going back eventually so it's like i I think if you don't if you only go to France once or twice in your life, that can do the trick,
1: but
2: all <laughs> Yeah. If you want to get some proper food, go to Montreal as well. If you can't get over to France, like Yeah,
0: but also Quebec's numbers are kind of gross, right? You know? I know, but
2: it'll be easier to get into Quebec than it will be like France.
1: I got yeah. you.
3: La France. Sa gastronomie. un bon confit de canard. Un verre de Bordeaux. And... Quick! Quick is the best fast food chain in the entire country de la France. Don't miss out. The giant burger. The super giant burger. The long bacon. The long chicken. The long fish. They're not that long, but French people can barely speak English anyway. Quick. The best fast food chain in the entire country. Now, only available in Belgium because fucking Burger King bought Quick in France. Fuck you, Burger King.
0: Thank you for our sponsors or to our sponsors. Anyway, so we're talking about France and food.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say and, that I, I, and I and I told you that it makes me angry at sad. I really appreciate being here on the show.
0: Yay! Well, I was gonna say the like best sandwich I ever had in my life, and I'm sure I've told you this before, Florian, is just at like one of the train stations or basically any of the train stations in France. They have these like just little markets where you buy sandwiches, and it was just like a sandwich with just straight Ham, Emmental, mm-hmm. butter on a bag oh, of and it was. Jambon best. beurre fromage. Oh my that's,
3: god! That's all you need. It's I don't so know why good. y'all like to add some other stuff. Just jambon beurre fromage. That's oh. it. All you need.
0: And it's so. It's because the butter is so much better. It's so good. oh <laughs> My Miss France. I was saying that today and today, so I'm sure it has everything to do with the fact that I knew I was gonna be talking to you, but I was like, Oh Miss France!
2: I've made so many cock monsieurs since being here and I can never get like the flavor right. Everyone likes it and everything, but I'm just like this tastes like a lie. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's exactly yeah. Every every French thing here tastes maybe if it tastes good, there's still the aftertaste of lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i'm sure one day you know once we get the vaccine oh yeah we've we'll go got back. like one yeah.
2: maybe a year year and a half before this is and yeah, the it, vaccine is out
0: so your families over in uh france still are you communicating with them with uh via like the zoom and
3: the everything or uh the skype you know like you know more, yeah skype WhatsApp. up like, so cool. no i still think it's It's easy, it's easier at least nowadays to be an expat uh, or an immigrant because we all have I mean luckily since COVID started I haven't had a Zoom funeral, but I've had actually a Zoom funeral, I mean a Skype funeral uh uh one of my grandmother. And it was actually I, I really felt like even though I was not present that I that I was still there. So I think you know like it's it's a thing with the communication uh, tools that we have today. It's still, like easier, it's and
0: because like, Nick, I think you were in Scotland when our grandfather passed away, so you weren't able to come to the yeah. Funeral. And that's I think not, grandma too. And the, yeah, and that's not something we did. Like we didn't do the Zoom thing back then. You didn't live no, stream he, these family events. So it's it's it is actually nice for bringing people together even you know even if the circumstances aren't
2: how does that work do you have to wear a suit when you're skyping in
3: um you can but <laughs> i I, i found what was difficult honestly like just i felt like i was there for the ceremony but what was challenging and it's you know the aftermath being here for your- right
2: yeah. i would think there would be a nice distraction when you're a at a funeral like oh you get to talk to the uh, the relative that's in a different country and like oh how's it going over there and oh wow it'll be great to see you again and oh yeah we're at a funeral
3: right yeah it's like i mean i i think i was uh lapped up on a chair so <laughs> amazing
0: i went to a uh zoom bris for whatever that's where that was my first bris ever and it happened on zoom so
3: i don't even know what a bris is
0: it's I don't know what the word is in French, but it's in the Jewish culture when, uh, like you know, when a, when they circumcise the son. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know how else to put it.
3: If you want, I will record the sponsor. Like you tell me the brand, you tell <laughs> me, I record it in a scene. <laughs> oh,
0: you should do an ad for Quick.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. A you know quick what? Ad. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna do a bunch of quick ads but...
0: yes <laughs> i love it <laughs> amazing
3: burger king it's gross burger king c'est dégueulasse.
0: there we go so you had you had a song that you recorded that had what did you say like a couple like a couple dozen thousand thousands of hits? I
3: think I think I had like last time I checked I had a I'm gonna try to find it I think I had like 50,000.
0: Wow okay you got first of all you gotta share that video with us because we have to watch it and then okay and then you gotta complete the or at least take us on the next leg of your journey so you you you're living in Paris and you're like you know what I gotta get out of this marketing job I'm gonna get out of the country.
3: So uh yeah so what are you thinking yeah I'm, okay so yeah I uh Oh, it says my internet, fuck you internet.
0: (laughs) 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 This has been the most technically complicated chat we've had so far, I think. Are you still here? Okay,
3: yeah, there we go. Okay, so yeah. So uh, when I realized that I couldn't do this job anymore, I decided to move to Canada. And honestly, I had no plans. I just decided to go to Toronto because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but at least I'll get to learn English. So that's why uh-huh. I didn't go to Montreal. And I guess Toronto is closer than Vancouver. Uh, never been super attracted by the States, uh, even less now. I mean, <laughs> if, yes. Ella is, if Ella is calling me for a job, I'll go. Right. We'll reschedule this thing. But I mean, I don't think they got my number yet. So <laughs> there's still. But yes. So I arrived to Toronto and uh, yeah, no plans. I joined uh, very quickly a Francophone improv troupe called Les Improbables, Uh, 3 you've been part of uh, at some point of its history.
0: I have, I played for a season and now I pop in and out when I can.
3: (laughs) And that's uh, cool.
0: So you did that as soon as you got here. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, I on, honestly, it's like, yeah, I arrived and I think they had, they were holding their audition for the season like two months after I arrived. And uh, yeah, and from from uh, Les Improbables, I got some opportunity to do some children's theater. And, uh, you know, I was like doing every odd job that you can think of. I was the guy on the street doing samples. I was mascot. I worked <laughs> Halloween. for Mascot? Yeah, I've been and I actually have done lots of that of being a mascot. Uh and uh yeah, you know, they usually pay more than the guy who gave away the sample. So <laughs> yeah, it, I,
0: what's the favorite mascot you've gotten to be?
3: So we had actually the the monkey the subway monkey.
1: <laughs> oh, all
3: right. Another sponsor maybe for the show. The Excellent. <laughs> and, and I've got, and it was like we had like this program that was running. At we were doing all the marathon and all the fitness thing, and the people were to like spin the wheel and do some sit ups or push ups <laughs> like a lots a gift card against this. And I was the monkey, and it was super fun. I was doing push ups with the big monkey head to. Cheer up. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I mean the job itself, like it's it was it was it was not bad, but it's also like we had a great team and lots of fun, so that was a that that was a good thing and. No, I even worked in a Halloween store like the day, just the day of Halloween. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, my first year, uh, then I I I did like a bunch of children theater. And uh, what happened is also that I, at this point, my uh, visa was like just a year. So I couldn't have any like long-term plans. So I was really living day to day and, you know, trying to have fun. And then I got my visa extension two days before my visa ended. So Ooh. at that point, I had, you know, I mean, I didn't know if I if I would stay or not, but I didn't have any plans, so I had to leave my room. Uh, I had a one-way ticket to France, so I spent a lot of time there. And then when I came back during the summer, I had no work, no place to be. So I hitchhiked uh, from Vancouver to Toronto. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> nice. Oh, man, how was that? What was that like?
3: it was honestly like probably one of the best summer of my life i and and i realized that before even knowing what i was doing i was just yes ending which is the core rule of improv i was just yes ending everything you
0: were yes ending life
3: i was yet because i had a few rules so my few rules was to always Follow the people, no matter what, unless I had really good feelings or they had nice, but like, and I, and I followed and I stayed at so many different people. Like one night I was staying at a 60 year old divorcee that was lovely and very, you know, motherly and like, Aww. you know, so kind of like, she'd be like one of her kids. And the day after I was, I stayed in a trailer that looked like it was part of eight mile, you know, very wide, <laughs> and, you know, uh, like there was like this year old kid working in Fort McMurray was in his week off and he was like spending lots of money on alcohol and I don't know he decided to like me and took and he was like (laughs) fighting with his girlfriend and they had three dogs in the trail and you know and that's that's all I had was really just follow and say yes to to everybody and and I met so many great people I and and once during this trip you know when you get to meet people they ask you what you do for a living and in the last six months before that, what I did the most was acting, and I said, oh, "I guess I'm an actor." Yeah. And during this trip, that's what made me realize: yeah, actually, I want to do it. So now, I guess I need to put the work on. I need to actually do what it takes to build a career.
0: That's so cool! I uh, man, you've probably seen. I I love the idea that like you you came to Canada and you've seen more of the country than most Canadians. You know. uh, A lot of people in Canada or, you know, don't take the time to explore what's right here. So that's awesome that you got to do that. And, and I bet you must admit i am just I'm still reading uh, on the road and I can imagine. Uh, This is Florian's own little on the road adventure.
3: (laughs) No, it's funny. It was actually one of the book I had with Peter. It's very cliche, but I had on the road on my (laughs) book. Of course. I did not even finish it. And I realized when I moved like, oh shit, I haven't finished this one. I
0: I keep going back to it. And then I keep getting upset with... uh... Neil? Yeah, I fucking hate Neil. (laughs) I
2: reread it this summer and... uh... He's a jerk. Like yeah. they're all jerks.
0: Yeah. So I, part of me is like, oh, it's, you know, it's free. And it's so, it's so exciting. And it's the wild. And then I'm like, as a woman, especially, I'm like, I hate these men. And if I saw them, I would run, you know, like these, <laughs> these men are red flags. Uh, yeah, uh,
2: They had a lot of mental health issues.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, But anyway, <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't uh, quite as <laughs> quite quite as on the road, hopefully a little bit, more, but still like the idea of being open to new opportunities, the yeah. idea of just be, going where the road takes you is, is, uh, very awesome and very freeing. And I love that you found your sort of calling while you were, while you were doing that.
3: Yeah. And, and I realized too, and I still think that just when you're hitchhiked and you know, like you're waiting there's lots of frustration then the car stops and maybe they're gonna take you for hours or maybe just five minutes and it's actually very close to the actor's life because ah, it's
1: oh, yeah.
3: waiting for opportunity then we have an audition and it's like every audition or every time you open your email it's like cars who are passing by and then you know some project they will just drive you for five minutes and then you're just at another corner waiting again and some project may take you longer. So I still, I I found that hitchhiking and the the life of an actor have lots in common.
0: Oh man, that's deep. (laughs) I like that a lot. So when you decided like, this is my calling, I'm going to be an actor. What, uh, what did you do? What steps did you take? Did you, you know, start taking gigs right away? Or did you study up? What kind of stuff did you, did you do?
3: So one of the things is uh, I was already and I started to be part of a group in Toronto called uh, The Actors' Place. And uh, The Actors' Place has been uh, it's a group that uh, Ivan vanis Ruiz started uh, like uh, seven years ago. And it's just a practice for actors. It's like a gym. It's not a class but you come here, you work on a scene, you do a little bit of improv. And so I uh, started to get a community, to, to find a community of actors. So we would work together and then from them you know asking oh what take what class do you take and you know so i i really took the time and especially at that time i was you know i was not rich so taking classes and going to studios it, you know it's like a big investment but
1: it's huge, so it's yeah. Just,
3: yeah it was take talking to everyone and trying to see what do i need and uh i had like i think it's like on this year like in i remember it was in october i booked uh one commercial and two reenactment shows and uh, one like corporate video in one month no. i think i was at that probably at that moment I was like i don't know if i can do this and then i had like all of it at once like oh, oh yes like <laughs> well i i've had enough like i think like every time i was on the verge of thinking you know what ah, i don't ah, that's that's it i've always had these small bookings that made it and uh,
0: yes it's like a it's like gambling (laughs) it's like every time you're like man I don't know if I could do this anymore you book another gig and you're like "Mm, just a little longer
3: (laughs) yeah now this career is definitely like I know I have gambling issues like (laughs) like, which is why I only go to Tim Hortons during Wall of the Ring (laughs) which is why I only go to McDonald's during Monopoly Except this year, I went once and I realized, oh, that's so disgusting.
0: <laughs> it's, it really it's not a Monopoly. Why am I here?
2: Actually, <laughs> yeah. we better watch Outbury. We don't want to lose
3: a sponsor.
0: That's true. Yeah, but I, the Quick
3: Quick Quick would be happy with that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: there you
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, I, I agree. It's definitely a life of an actor. And, you know, like uh, the life of a gambler being an actor. Because how many, like, you know, if you have your 9 to 5, your job, like, you don't like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. No, I don't care. Like, Every day we are like, huh, I wonder what's going to happen tomorrow. Like yeah. tomorrow, I'm going to, I have a Zoom audition where I'll play Caveman for a commercial.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, tomorrow I have two self-tapes that I have to get done. And I hope I have time. <laughs>
3: yeah. So, you know, it's its definitely like, I, I'm sure next week I'm not going to play Caveman. And <laughs> that's gig. In that case, i will be fun. But, you know.
0: In which case, you'll be a caveman wearing yeah. a mask. <laughs> wearing a mask just like the cavemen did back in the day yeah. <laughs> oh man uh i love it so okay so you're just you're you found your community of actors and you you're starting to work on your craft um but you've also made some some films and stuff too and some uh, yeah. you made a web series i think too right like you've made some cool stuff so you're not just an actor but you're creating the work for yourself too, right?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, like, even with small successes in my first couple of years, I quickly realized that if I don't do it, no one will give it mm. to me. So, I uh, actually was uh, also inspired by The Actors Place and TAP, who had a small film festival for all the participants. you know, it's just like, yeah, let's, let's make film together. So, Made a short film uh, called "Rencontre," uh, directed by Brennan Martin and uh, with uh, Mylène Terio, and um, you know he actually we won like best film, best actor, best actress at the small film festival, and uh, right. yeah, and that was fun. I Also, you know, it, it I realized oh that's so cool to create your own work because you know also the reality of an actor is that most of the projects you audition for is not necessarily your dream job, but if I'm right. writing something. I'm going to, oh, I guess I'm giving myself a role for something I actually want to do. Yeah. A full control. So from this short film, I also made a couple of other shorts. But uh, at some point, I knew that Bell, uh, with Bell5TV, which is their community section, they were looking for programming in French. So I pitched uh, a sketch series, and we went back and forth. It didn't go move forward. So like, you know, eh,
0: Oh, you know? <laughs> was that the one I auditioned for?
3: Yeah, actually. Ah, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Disappointed. So, no,
0: disappointed.
3: but it, no. It, like I'm, I'm talking about no. That was like in 2007. Oh, okay. That
0: was a while ago. This, okay.
3: This sketch series that they didn't want is still, somewhere alive today. So.
0: Oh, good. It's still anyway, bubbling.
3: Yeah. So it's it's different. <laughs> so oh, awesome. they 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 didn't want our things. And then I'm like, you know, maybe I'll send them this short film, see if they want to do something. So they looked at it and then they were like, Oh yeah, that could could become a series. So then I called Brennan, the director, like, Hey, we got a pitch meeting about this short film we did. And we didn't think we were going to do anything else with that. So we tried to, we worked very hard to turn this short film into a series. We had a couple of pitch meetings and that's, very very low budget so we had 14000 dollars budget from Bell but then we have our the rights so uh we made it as a series in 2017 and uh great. that was lo- that was a great learning experience yeah talk to us right. about
0: that about the process of of making a, a a series you know like most i feel like we haven't had the pleasure of talking to somebody who's had you know, like, one of their projects, like, fully realized and and released, uh, you know, right? Have we, Nick? I don't think so. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: Yeah, so the the process was, uh, first, we were, like, I think we had the pitch meeting in April, and we had to deliver it uh, in September. So, we had to write, produce, and edit uh, two hours of content within that frame, that time. So... Uh we I think the writing was very efficient. Brennan and I, we both like we had 10 episodes. We were like one is writing the first draft, then we were like giving to each other. So we found the themes of each episode. So the story uh is a French tourist uh who discovers Toronto and each episode is in a different neighborhood, and he has oh. and he meets a different person. So it's kind of episodic, even though you kind of follow. The journey of the character, but it's very much episodic. So it was finding, picking up a neighborhood and then what theme we want to talk about. And so once we did that, uh, we were a very, very, very small crew because Brennan, the director, is also a DOP. He has his own camera and all of that. So we had.
0: That's a, a director st- of photography, Nick.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it I was director, dir- yeah director director of photography he was doing the editing so we had one uh, sound guy and uh, another camera person who were here and that was pretty much the crew so it was almost the four of us and we had the actors but you know like uh finding locations (laughs) all of these things uh dealing with the contracts because we went through UDA, which is the French francophone union uh, oh cool all right so yeah there was lots of work and and as personally, I I thought that as an actor, the day we were filming, that was the day, the easy day for me because I'm mm. just yeah, yeah. acting and not dealing, you know, like it, during lunch break, I will try to secure the location and all of that. But uh, yeah, so it was a real learning experience. And I think the fact that both Brennan and I, we had the same vision and uh, that, that really helped. And I found in all my creative uh, experience, having the same vision as your partners is the key to success.
0: Yeah, and I can't imagine that's super easy to find somebody who's got that same vision as you, you know. So once you do, you probably want to, you know, hang on tight.
3: Yeah, and I find in it's also like in improv too because we haven't talked much about improv yet, but it's also like finding Thank your God.
0: Hey, excuse me? <laughs> Nick, yeah, get, it, he gets tired because I talk about improv a lot, <laughs> but that's fine and good. And we're going to do it if we, uh, if that's where the conversation takes us, right, Nick,
2: we're just going to yes and that break.
0: That's yeah. right. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. But,
3: but yeah. So, uh, I was saying, yeah, I think it's very important to, and, and find your tribe, you know, like I i am as a listener of podcasts as well. I, I realize that. <laughs> You hear like, and at every level, like you see like people, uh, I don't know, like successful people, like Tess Rogan or I don't like every they just they have their own tribes. And at yeah. your level, it's finding the people that you connect with, people that have the same uh, work uh, ethic than you, who wants to have reach the same goal. And you want to find people that have the same vision, but also uh, different skills, like. Hmm. Nothing worse than five actors. Like I've done, I've done some of the forty-eight-hour film challenge where we have twelve people, or twelve actors, (laughs) and it's like, "Oh, I don't want to do the song. I want to act."
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who's gonna get anything done?
3: (laughs) Yeah, and that's yeah. So you gotta find people with different skills, but more important, and people you like. I mean, this is yeah. There's uh, like everywhere. There's lots of shitty people that, <laughs> you know, it, it's not worth it. I think this career requires so many sacrifices that you you need to you need to have a good time doing it. You need to enjoy it. And you need to find a healthy way of working, which is avoiding working with assholes. Cause, yeah.
0: Yeah, because they creep in there.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> They're all around us. <laughs>
0: you can't tell until you start working with them sometimes. And you're like, shit, what did I no.
3: do? <laughs> and also sometimes it's good people with whom it doesn't work. You know, yeah. like great people, but like, I oh, you know our style doesn't fit. It's not a good fit. And yeah. that's, fine.
0: that's fine. Yeah. This is part of figuring out. Yeah. Who, who to work with and who works best. And yeah. That's a good point. And it's like, unlike, A real, you know, not a a real, unlike like, you know, a a workplace where you get hired and, you know, you whatever, an office or whatever, where they sort of hire you based on your specific skills and you have no choice based on who you get to work with. You know, you're basically your own HR department when you're making, when you're making art and and collaborating and that kind of stuff. So you have to, you know, you have to dictate who you're working with and who fits
3: best. Mm. Yeah, it's it's like a puzzle. You need to have the right person for the right job, and and in this industry, lots lots of work is just given based on who you know, and uh, you know that's why I like to do at least one student film a year because I like to I like to meet new people, and you know it's, I think it's very important to to be open minded and to be a good collaborator because people remember people remember the bad and the good, so. How do you find the student project to work on Uh, I go on the usual casting website so the one I use the most is casting workbook uh, in uh, in Toronto I think in all Canada that lots of like university they post uh, Ryerson Humber they post usually their casting calls on this.
0: yeah, you talked about that as uh so getting to know these sort of up and coming creators, but it's also you're also one of the biggest and and most um I would say successful networkers, I know. You know, as far as networking goes, Florian's networking game is like on point. Mm-hmm. Like I uh, you volunteer at uh well I guess you don't volunteer, you work at TIFF, right? And that yeah. that looks to me like a great place to make connections and to meet people in the industry, right? Working at TIFF
3: yeah, I, and I think and like, you know, like, especially TIF, TIF is the high season of networking. It's, a, I, I think I'm finally becoming good at networking because I'm not trying anymore in a way that, I'll say like during a chief party, the number one thing I'm looking for is a ping pong table. <laughs> There's a few places that have a ping pong table and, and why I like it is because you'll play with a random person and then you connect because you share something Fun and then you get, oh who are you oh yeah and then you introduce yourself this way, or if you talk about if you're on the line for a movie talk about the movie. Uh, but I, I really realized that just finding something in common with mm-hmm. anybody that's how you network. You bond with something it could be sport could be whatever you want to talk about and then you realize oh yeah maybe yeah uh, we could work together. You know it's like and I, and I've learned that because I'm I mean I'm sure my first you know like I'm not. I'm not trying, you know, go and giving my business card. Hey, I'm an actor. She's looking for no, <laughs> it doesn't work this way. And so, but just you know, finding somebody and connecting about something else, and and also found uh, it's not it's enjoyable because I, I like connecting people. You know, it's like if I know a director that's looking for an actor, and like I can put them in contact together, and then two people are happy, and uh, you know, down the line, I'll be remembered as the person that helped. With that, and I think, even if I don't get anything out of this, it still feels good. So I think it's just a look, thinking about how can I be helpful and how uh, and be a good company to people. I think that's how networking is is good.
0: Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Be a good company to other people. Yeah.
2: Artistic karma.
0: What was that name? Artistic, Artistic
2: karma. karma.
0: Oh, I think we found yeah. the name of the episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah. I was
3: hoping it would be a ping pong table. <laughs>
0: ping pong. Are you like an expert ping pong
3: player? I I'm pretty good. I I'm pretty. I'm not saying like I'm very good, but I'm pretty good. And yeah. like,
0: Are you like Forrest Gump good?
3: <laughs> no, no. But I'm like I could get a few points against Forrest Gump. Against Forrest Gump, okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. But what
3: what's important? Then then we'll get to connect and know each other on a personal. There That's, you go.
0: Then you and Forrest will be besties for life.
3: Yeah.
2: He's <laughs> um, a pretty friendly guy.
0: Yeah. Life is like a box of chocolates. I just rewatched that movie like last weekend. It is Jenny. Fresh. It is fresh in my mind. <laughs> uh, I love that. Um, Nick, do you have, are you writing things down? Is that what you're doing?
2: Yeah, kind um, of. Okay. I want to know like the, the tourist in Toronto Uh, show is is that coming
3: out did it oh it's already so it was in on bell five tv uh for it probably still is uh based on what i know i don't think lots of people are watching bell five tv the community content but we had the right so it's on youtube so oh cool uh, yeah you have 10 episodes uh it's about two hours and then lots of toronto actors we have like i think 37 actors on this and did
0: you uh, hire pierre simpson in it
3: we did yeah
0: uh nick went to high school with pierre simpson
3: <laughs> pierre simpson and uh, we have ayaka from the improv community who's oh. uh, yeah, Is she so, a french no she plays a japanese tourist oh
0: but that makes sense
3: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a, an episode where we none of us speak english and we and we just do some touristy thing together. Fun. Very Toronto.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh that's so cool. Um, okay. Uh at what point in all of, okay, so you started taking I'm gonna jump into improv, Nick. If you, I don't care if you want to avoid it.
2: <laughs> <jumping>. <laughs> okay, but can we start it in France free?
0: Yeah, I wanna know. So you were improvising in France. You were doing improv in France. What is that like is it similar to the L N E rules or was it different?
3: So the troupe I was On was actually called also Les Improbables, (laughs) and it was more, it was, it was a weird in between between short form and long form. It was not like medium form. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so yeah, it was medium form, and it was more like cabaret style. You know, I was like still new to the troupe, so I I was not allowed to do all lots of the shows, but I did a few. So
0: I remember those days
3: what's you know,
2: it, the scene it, it, like are there like are there comedy clubs or do you just get a theater or is it at pubs
3: the opera <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> the Paris opera sure yeah, yeah. so the uh, the thing let's say uh, I don't know much about the French improv scene in, in France because I was very new to it but uh the usually like the a bar which we have like another room for like shows so like small stages like the the one we, we were like doing our shows at they had like a basement where you, they're usually gonna have like open mics and stuff like oh, okay uh, it's actually like pretty similar but uh yeah and i know that there's also like troops who are like way more and do like tours and lots of like different things too but yeah i think in in france the eleni style of uh, improv Match is way more like when thing most French people when they go see improv, they go see a match like in Quebec.
0: Okay, is
2: that, is that like th- what we did in high school, Brie?
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, because that's I hear that's big in the like French speaking world, like, like, belt, those you'll see competitions on TV where it's like l'équipe belge, count l'équipe, I don't know, française, you know. Uh, so I think anywhere where they speak French, it's that kind of style.
3: Yeah, but I mean, it's not, like, it's not going to be on TV. But I got to say, like, I remember after my first, in my first year of Les Improbables, we went to do a tournament in Montreal. Cool. With Improva, and I would like, at this point, I had done, like, two or three match in my entire life. And that was the worst. <laughs> oh, no! I was so bad. And the entire <laughs> team were bad. But I was so terrible. And I think I learned, I got out of this horrible weekend stage wise, two years of experience of like of as an improviser. Like I was never very, very bad after that. That's
0: good, man. It sounds like it sounds like most people should have that day where they eat shit and then from that point on you're like, uh oh, Oh, I'm not 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 gonna do that. Yeah. This feels terrible. I don't want to do this anymore. It's not like that anyway.
3: And, you know, it, at this point, you know, I didn't have much else in my life. So I was like, you know, prepping for me. Each improv show was like a, like a boxing game. I was, you know, like like Rocky, and you, know, you know, like, like Eminem, Eminem in eight miles, you know, like thinking. Of it. And, oh, I was so bad. It was like horrible. And I'm, I'm glad I had this experience because then, yeah, I, I it was such a great learning experience. And, you know, it's also taught me and I think, you know, like, knowing what things are important or not. And when you start, it's like, this is the most important thing of my life. And like, I know, I survived. It doesn't hurt. And, <laughs> yeah. I, and and also that I can laugh about it. And I remember the year after going back and as a team, we still lost, but I got one stole of best player of one game and I was like, personal revenge
0: achieved. <laughs> You're like, I I have progressed Here's
3: my proof. And, and here's the thing, too. Nobody else remembered me from this tournament. Not a single person. But yeah. I remember that as if I was still there. But it's also, like, how we're so in our head, like, they're all going to hate me. They're all going to think I said, yeah. like, oh, you were here. Oh, I don't
1: remember. Yes. Yeah. So.
2: Imagine going back the year after just to hate on that one troop that you saw. It was like, oh, I hope those
0: Bastards oh, come back. Guys, they better be back because I am not going to, I'm going to go and I'm not
1: going to laugh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like with Les Improbables, we went back a few years, a few times, but we always lose. Because <laughs> 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 the thing is like, and and that's actually what I love about improv in Toronto and Les Improbables is that we- are losing. <laughs> <laughs> with it's just like the real
0: sports teams from Toronto. Okay. Except for the Raptors. They've been doing good
3: made the playoff <laughs> ah so it's like in in toronto we all come from different places we have mm-hmm. Ontarians, we have quebecers we have french we have uh africans and we all together learn improv together and and we have this team and when we go play in quebec we have quebecers who've been in the same team since they're in high school mm. they know each other so well they do great improv but they, 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 I, I still remember some scenes that I see where like, it felt like it was rehearsed for like and, and choreographed for like weeks, it was so smooth and so beautiful and that makes sense because they've been playing together for 10 years, but I also love that the culture uh, with the uh, Les Improbables is also so inclusive.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's uh, and I know like there's been like lots of talk about bad men behavior, sexual harassment, and stuff like that in the improv world in Quebec. And Ooh. something like that in uh, in Toronto, in my experience, did not happen because first, the big majority of the players are female. And I I mean, at, at least for a while, I was like almost the only straight guy. And, you know, I was talking with Mathieu, Mathieu Saint Laurent, who was like the founder of the Leaf, the Ligue de possession Francophone. And he was talking about the culture, which is very much, you know, like jokes, you know, like there's going to be like one girl and five dudes in a team. And, and, you know, I felt like, I feel like I'm grateful that I grew up as an improviser with the example, because if I grew up in a team where this kind of humor would have been the norm and the audience would have liked it, maybe I would have become a little bit like this. So I think it's, yeah. I'm, I'm very grateful to have had this environment where that was that was not the culture.
0: Yeah. So when you when you did go over to Second City, were you like, whoa, this is different?
3: Oh yeah. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> oh. I I found first uh improvising in your second language is obviously different. Yep. And it's also like the fact that all the reference, mm-hmm. like yeah. like I if we are like, who's lying? Or like, you know, talking, you know, like I I still remember, like, you know, like, I, I didn't know what, whose line uh, was, I didn't know, like, I didn't even know when I started at Second City, how, how Second City worked. I was like, oh, gosh, sure. I'll, I'll do, I remember doing the general audition without still just being like, after one year at Des Improbables and still thinking, ah, I got a shot, maybe I'll do a cruise ship, where <laughs> I, <laughs> I could barely speak English and... <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know the difference between short form and long form. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, there was like, I, I booked off the date of callback.
0: Uh, oh man, I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that confidence. Yeah. That's oh, what yeah. I would give for that confidence.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what, yeah. And later on, oh, okay. So that's not how it works.
0: <laughs> oh.
3: Yeah. Uh, yes, so did so, you go?
0: Did you take the? Whole, did you go through the whole A to E in conservatory and everything?
3: Uh, I after I mean after my general, uh, I was allowed to go to start at D. Okay. I just did level D, and then I auditioned for, a con- and then I went to the long form conservatory uh, without doing the E. So I just did level D. Okay. Uh, and then I went to the long form conservatory, and I didn't. The reason I didn't do the regular conservatory is because. Schedule-wise, it wasn't working. And, okay. and and then it was also like, okay, but if I want to go back to France for a month, I'm going to miss. And and that the main reason why I'd never done that was just schedule-wise.
0: <laughs> was just, sorry.
3: Just because of schedule. I was like, right. ah, I'm going to miss a month or two. Ah, right. It's a big time commitment.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. But there's the uh, long-form conservatory was a lot of fun i miss uh, i miss those second city long form nights
3: yeah and also when i started like i don't care for sketch i just want to do improv right it's also why i thought like long form was more what i wanted
0: yeah that, i see that i get that
2: people outside of improv don't really get to experience long form like we had that show like who's live and there's oh. sketch but there's no real developed long form place for improv to live
0: believe there's a hole
2: in the market we can take advantage of free
0: nick that's so cute that you think that people haven't tried
3: what <laughs> clearly they haven't <laughs> oh yes they did
0: oh my goodness if only real people wanted to come see long for <laughs> could you imagine florian how wonderful that would be they would have so much to play with but um <laughs> i guess there's um Nick, just so you know, there's Middle Ditch and Shorts on Netflix you can watch, and that's long form. Oh, okay. And it's very funny.
2: See, I just assumed it would be sketches. It's not
0: long form improv, baby. Sorry, what were you going to say, Florian?
3: Well, the thing with improv, I still think, like, you know, long form, yeah, like I would not invite, I don't think you should invite your parents to your Herald night.
0: No. I think
3: (laughs) improv and long form is a great. Tool for performers, but also because nowadays uh, I teach lots of improv. And teaching improv is actually—it's not just a side gig for me. It's something I really enjoy. But what I love about it is I truly believe that improv is a life skill. I've, as for students, I uh, I even started working before the pandemic uh, with a shelter that helped marginalised people, and. Uh, just like using the improv skills for people who have anxiety or
1: mm-hmm.
3: who are in situation in their life where even if it's just for an hour or two, thinking about something else, and mm. really like I, th- I think improv is should be it, it's such a life skill that's so important, and uh, teaching it really makes me feel good about myself. Makes me feel like I'm doing, I'm really helping and giving people's like tool like. I've started teaching improv for people, newcomers immigrants
0: mm. that's how it all started man that's how it all started viola spolin man sorry i'm getting into it that's how like she created these games so that these newcomers to america uh mostly children would have a, a fun way to play together but still because they weren't not they didn't all speak english they, you know, they still had to develop sort of a way in a language to be able to play with each other. And so that's how these theater games came to be.
3: Hmm. Oh, I, I didn't know that.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I think is like awesome. It was only then when her son was like, you know, it'd be great if uh, grownups did this, <laughs> that oh. <laughs> where people are like, oh yeah, this is hilarious to watch. It's funny to watch old people do, <laughs> not old people, adults do things, do things that normally, you know, children only children do. Uh, and it's true. Because once you add some intelligence behind it as well, it's, it's like, oh, these, these people uh, look ridiculous, but they know it and they're doing it anyway. So it's funny. Mm.
1: Um,
0: but I agree. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. And just recently, I had a friend of mine who's taking a class down here in Niagara, and she's a nurse. Uh, and she said, I had fun playing the questions game with one of my patients who, you know, was uh, mentally wasn't uh, 100% there. Uh, but she sort of uh, indulged him a little bit by continuing to ask him questions. And then they kept talking, <laughs> they kept talking for the rest of the, like, for, I don't know, for a good chunk of time. She's saying it was helping her connect with her patients. So I was like, that's, that's amazing. You know?
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, and I think, and, and that's really something I w- like, with my experience uh, working with marginalized communities, that's also something like I'm, I'm ready as soon as we get back to some kind of normal to go, anywhere coming like from like you know like i actually started to reach out maybe see with prisons and jail Ah. and and out of all the things that i cannot do right now because of covid uh, one of the show i miss doing the most is the the show with funnies for families that goes Mm -hmm. goes and do improv shows uh uh, for for children at sit kids or ronald mcdonald's house Mm -hmm. And, and having you know this moment just 30 45 minutes where we just have fun and and when this sh- what i love about these shows and i think it should be the case for every sh- every time you perform is like you're really performing for the audience it's not about your performance it's not about you being smarter than the other players it's really about just giving something and and, and for them and i think you know improv is definitely you know it took me some time to when i when i started this career and i'm like what if I don't make it, and then in three or four years I need to go back to a nine-to-five job? What am I? Am I wasting time? And now more than ever, I realize that all the skills that I gain from acting and improv—they have dollar values and they have life values. Because I know this is skills that I can use to really help people, and you know, have a, working and making people's life better. And also, I mm-hmm. can make a few bucks with this, like <laughs> corporate coaching. Is uh, is right now how I make most of my money. So I just That's cool corporate coaching, what does that entail? So I I work for different companies, they hire actors and improvisers to do some role play. So that makes sense. Then you know, to be a client or to be a, a manager and you know, then you do a role play, then you give them feedback using like showing different skills, like here's what you can do, you know, to show more empathy, for instance. So cool.
0: Yeah, that sounds very cool. Cause you could be like, hey, you made me feel like a real piece of shit just there. I don't know if that was your intention.
3: <laughs> it's a, it's if uh, in a very in a more PG way. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, how did. Like, <laughs> like so when you you know when, when I told you I was frustrating with this new way of working, uh you said, Okay, we're gonna continue to do that. Well, I felt a bit dismissed by these comments and what you could have done if you just mm. my, right. you know. So yeah, and that all of those skills come from improv listening. And actually, l- last week, I had someone on the phone and was like, yeah, in my conversation, I, I really, I want to know how I can be a better listener. And the only re- response I could give her was like, Take an improv class. Improv class, yeah. Take <laughs> <laughs> improv. <laughs> I think, you know.
0: <gasps> improv, improv. Yeah, it's true. I love it. I think uh, improv has made me such a, a better listener no here comes the cat again Uh, but what's i think uh, i and you can also like i feel like now that you're aware of of what good listening is you can tell when you're not listening well too you know when you're like oh yeah i was being an asshole and i wasn't listening (laughs) um so you have to
2: or you just zoned out for a minute
0: (laughs) no it happens often, often it's when i get distracted and stuff yeah but if you don't want if it's happening when you don't want it to happen you know what i mean anyway uh maybe not Maybe
3: doesn't get it. Yeah, it, help, it helps to be a better. And, you know, it's like I like I often say, it's like lots of people have lots of empathy, but they don't know how to show it.
1: Yeah.
3: Learning, you know, or like one of the things too is like, if you give feedback to people, but you're not able to share the impact of their behavior, that's not going to work. So it's all learning how to communicate better, make sure and specificity. I think as good improvisers are very specific. So, yeah. if I give you feedback on your work and I just say, oh, well, you could do things better. That's not going <laughs> to work. Right? Your report has to be like, you need to write, you need to highlight in green instead of doing like all lots of different colors. The more specific, the better. Again, okay. this is,
0: I'm always very confused as to why, you know, like, are some people, do some people, and I think this is the case with me. And I wonder if it was just like, because some people are socialized, eh, women. You know, not to not to speak up, not to make a fuss. So I wonder if sometimes it's just something that we have to be like retrained to do. Because sometimes I feel guilty taking up too much of somebody else's time if I'm being specific, like too specific. For example, uh, Florian. So if that was, you know, like if I had to give somebody feedback, I might do it very quickly uh, because I'm like concerned about like, oh, ugh, they're gonna get bored, or that it could also be anxiety. Mm. Uh because I'm also like, oh, they're I don't know, what am I, what do I know? What not it's not so much what do I know? It's more like, oh, are they even gonna take my advice? Are they listening? Does it you know, like so there's so many different voices in the, I'm now this is therapy, guys. <laughs> this is quickly turned into therapy. So I'm just wondering if it's just like improv. Uh no, I uh, I have I am legally bound to tell you guys that improv is not therapy. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so I wonder if it's just something that like for whatever for whatever reason people don't feel like wh- why is it so hard to be specific you know why is it so yeah. hard
3: because if the, the vague you are the less you can be wrong you know it's like and I think I mean I'm guilty of that as well but you know like if you're vague you're not really wrong you were not not super clear but when you become specific you better know what you talk you better yeah. be sure of what you're talking about and yeah.
2: i feel like you'd you'd have to be trying harder to get to the specific level as well like you have to really be you're paying attention more to engaged back to it more,
0: yeah mm-hmm.
2: so, yeah
0: yeah i love it okay florian it's the time now it's the part of the conversation that we have to ask you you've got very cool successes and it sounds like this career sort of uh you know it's like, a rocket
2: ship to the moon
0: right it does it sounds like it's been very positive uh but, but so but what are some of the struggles you've been facing or you've faced as an actor or uh i don't know in in your career so far
3: well i like everybody in this industry rejection and mm-hmm. i think i mean rejection like everyone and i mean it's obvious that as an immigrant as someone who's not from there i found i still found s- more often than not like an outsider like still mm-hmm. i'm still considered whether it's a bias that people realize they have or not you know the fact that and it's it, it works it's actually both in french and in english because in french i speak with more like a parisian french and in english i speak with a french accent so I still think that because of that, I I feel like I'm not giving it all the opportunity that I could have if I was from here.
0: It's so interesting because it's a nation that's so like, we're we're so proud of our bilingualism, you know, especially more like in, well, I lived in Ottawa, so there was a lot of that there. Um, You would think that you know like who who cares where <laughs> where you're from you speak the language that we're so proud to host as our second or as our you know one of our first languages but
3: uh yeah it's but, and you know sometimes it's you know like and i'm saying that i've had like also lots of moment where i was welcomed and so many organizations and companies like treat me like very well like there's been like and being francophone in ontario as definitely be a blessing for me because i got so much more opportunity because of that if i were if I, i'm pretty sure that if i didn't speak french my career would not have started Interesting, because uh, there's some needs to have french in ontario and not yeah uh, lots of people and also like i'm thinking uh you know like some people of uh, speak good enough french uh, but they still feel like not confident enough to to do things in French, and I know like personally, like as a creator, and if I I also want to make sure that I give opportunity to everyone. In, like we briefly talked about, it with in development with the sketch show with Daphne uh, that you auditioned for, but it's been postponed. So hopefully it will go. But I really want to have in the cast and it's going to be in French people whose French is not their first language I want to have the diversity of accent cool Um,
0: friend of the podcast Nick you remember
3: Daphne right I was gonna ask it's very important to have that because I I I think also like I've seen francophones who were like complaining about not getting roles because of their accents when they do their own project they won't give anglophones who speak French opportunities in the same way so I think it's and, you know, I, I think that's my biggest struggle. And also, you know, again, sometimes, like, you know, if I want to play cop number two, and I, I I agree, like, it's unlikely that you get a cop number two with a French accent. So it's, uh, I don't think I'll be, I don't think I'll be uh, the brother of the American lead. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And, you know, but I still think there's, like, plenty of roles that are like, yeah, I could at least get considered for that and I don't seem to have the door open to at least even try
0: hmm. I uh, wonder if uh, like have you I wonder if you like because there's training and stuff have you ever done like accent training like I don't even I th- know I, I think
3: with coaching first I could do two or three lines with a standard American accent.
1: So. Fair.
3: I mean not as a lead but I with with coaching, I could do two or three lines. Cool. I just <laughs> wish I had the chance to get to to to, to show it. So Right. Yeah. But also like i am also aware, and I think it's like my biggest struggle and the thing I'm working on is to be understood. Because that's just like, I mean, it's not, I'm not gonna be, you know, if you no, know, like if if you want. To have someone you need to understand what they say as an actor and if yeah. what I'm saying is not clear well i'm not getting the job and they're right right so it's also like trying you know like i, I i'm and i've i've spent some time during uh COVID because especially in the first in the, in the spring where i had no work that was something i could do to really try to you know work more on the sound and make sure that i'm understood right because yeah like it it makes sense. I'm not gonna be like you don't want me to work because I have an accent. I'm like, excuse, me. I'm sorry, I can't hear what you're saying. So you know, you need to. Yeah. that makes sense. You can't say like I. You know, it's feeling very entitled and asking for a job right. cannot perform. So it's also in my hand to do the work to be able to do that. And and I think it's something I probably realized lately where. I think I might have this entitlement thinking, yeah, I can do that. I can yeah, but maybe I should do try to put more work into it to make sure I can actually do that.
2: Mm. Huh. Huh. Entitlement's like a it's a hell of a drug.
3: Yeah, I, I feel like I'm trying to slowly get rid of some, but uh I think you know that might be like another struggle, if I'm honest, you know, thinking, I think, uh, I think I've, I've had plenty of those, now I'm trying to get rid of some, but I still, I probably still have some.
0: Is there, oh, this is sound terrible, but like, is it, is that a quality of, of being a Frenchman? Because like, that's a, there's the, the French stereotype is that they're very I don't know confident
3: <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i think i think it's a mix between uh white men and frenchmen like that's right. like yeah yeah i say, you know, like
0: i would I'm, say the same thing about like a, a british man you know what i mean like there's a lot of well i guess maybe it's the the colonial you know
3: yeah, <laughs> the, the colonial, we took least, your land there. so now you're <laughs> gonna get any each other but you know
1: it
2: And that's uh, it's super genetic. We're coming over to your country to tell you how to do things
3: properly, (laughs) yeah. And I'm gonna take all of your jobs No, but I mean, it it is very, very sad to say that. But you know, I think you know, growing up, these things you know, you don't realize, but that's true. Like, I know it's like you know, denying white privilege is wrong, wrong white privilege is a thing that I definitely benefit in my life, and uh, yeah, and I also need to learned that this is not just a good thing and that entitlement that comes from that is not not just bad for others but also bad for myself
0: yeah interesting yeah what nick why are you laughing
2: yeah i hate entitlement it's it's something (laughs) that it is a struggle that you have to get through as a dude i guess you've not had to worry about it,
0: brie Well, as a white woman, like we're the worst right now, white women. <laughs> did you? I mean, I know, did you see how many of us voted for Trump? I mean, it's
2: not. I mean, the white dudes voted way more for him. The non-college guys,
3: people. Mm. But the thing is, like, the expectation for men is so low. Like, I think yeah. a man that <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like in it. the like <laughs> I, it's like. I, I mean, I'm not in the dating pool anymore, but I'm like realizing that. The the, the bar solo. You just need to be a decent dude, and you're in. He wore pants on our date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I didn't insult the woman. I. I'm the best. I listened to half of the things she were saying. <laughs> oh man. But I I think and to go back into this and it's really something I, I'm working on. But I think because of the struggle, because of the rejection and all of that, is really trying to focus on are things i can't yeah at the end of the day like i'm not i can't control if i book this role i can't control if i'm on this team but what i can control is what i want to work on what i want to achieve in my craft and uh, what the work i'm doing so i've been really trying to focus more on that lately because yeah it's there's so much frustration in this and it's,
0: uh, it's the industry in general you know what I mean like there's so many with or without an accent there's so many variables you know like oh maybe I'd get this part if I didn't have an accent but also maybe I wouldn't you know because it's yeah. a crazy industry so I think that's smart just to focus on the things that you do have control over the things that you can you know the things that you can do and and how to really make the things that you do well how to keep working on that and keep improving your you know your abilities and skills in that department
3: yeah i mean you're too short you're too tall you're you look too much like the lead there's so many reasons Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. you're bad uh, (laughs) you throw coffee in the assistant's face like i mean i've I've done them all yeah
0: like that one you could probably work on yeah
3: oh that's it
2: that's that's a check against you is <laughs> <The> <laughs> coffee throwing
0: yeah use up on the coffee throwing <laughs> Right. Uh, Just to share <laughs> <laughs> these little nodes of have some, some coffee <laughs> oh right sorry
2: <laughs> you're sharing the tips not sharing the coffee <laughs> to someone's face <laughs> i
0: love it uh any more questions nick
1: oh
0: i don't know I'm just asking if you've got, you're the one with the pad of paper. Yeah, I put it to the side. I Uh, I was also taking notes notes of like.
3: uh, I I think you're going to ask me where I was on the October (laughs) 22nd. Probably in
2: lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Some various form.
0: What's your relationship with, uh, you know, I don't know. I was going to make up the name of a victim, but I'm done. My brain's too zoomed out. Is there anything that you're, I don't know, is there anything you're currently working on that you're excited about? Or is it, I guess you talked about your, that project with Daphne that's in development, but is there anything else that that you've got your, in the works that you're, that, that's keeping you going throughout this craziness?
3: Well, I found uh, like many that writing and creating during lockdown was not efficient. Like I f- didn't feel like I achieved much. Uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, like we're in, development with Daphne for a sketch series so now we just you know like we're doing some tweaks and I find it difficult to write these days like Uh unfortunately because like right now would be you know the best time to write your screenplays but I I find it very challenging to to take the time and and to focus and be able to, to to do things so I mean we Honest. Until we start filming this thing, I don't know if it's gonna happen. This sketch series, but I really hope that's gonna go through. Other than that, uh, I, I think yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just at a bit of a creative, creative draught, To be honest. So yeah, I'm just uh, waiting to 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 find the light again. I
1: like it. It'll
0: come. It'll come. Yeah, just like
3: you know, it'll come. I, I, I feel like it was. Uh...
2: That was almost a universal thing during the first bits of COVID, like everyone going, Oh, I wish I had more time to focus on my writing and creativity. And then we had nothing to do and still nobody focused on their writing and creativity because they were all busy dealing with a monstrous global pandemic and worrying Family about the future. Sick and,
0: and yeah. 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 But we're,
2: we're going into this second lockdown for us. And I know other places have done subsequent lockdowns and, uh, for myself, uh, I've been able to get back to writing and doing creative things. It feels like uh, like I've gotten used to the the new normal, as it were. Mm. And I, I wonder if maybe that'll happen to, to more folks as well as, as we, you know, hopefully carry on and get closer to a, a vaccine. But maybe do take the time that we're getting right now.
0: Well, there's also nothing wrong with just taking the time to, you know, mm. to not. Right? Like I think it's a good time to let yourself, you know, to take in other people's art and to take in other people's stuff to refill your tank.
3: You know? Yeah, yeah. There was this, like, you know, at the beginning, like saying that Shakespeare. I think it was Macbeth. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it, no, that was a uh, no. That was not Macbeth. I mean, anyway, it, it it's true. Like you know, take it. You know, and and some people got super inspired and wrote like good for them. And you know, like I I I I was very hard on myself because I couldn't I couldn't do anything. And I just uh, you know I said yeah, that's fine no it's and also yeah. at my level, I mean except this project that I'm working on with Daphne, but like it's like no, nobody's waiting for. you know, I have like two feature film spec script that I'm working on and I've wrote like maybe yeah. like six scenes in six. <laughs> and I remember at the beginning of the pandemic like, oh great because I have these things I'm gonna get them finished. I didn't touch it. I, but nobody's waiting for it and i think oh yeah like, it's also i point. think i think that just collaborative i think that what i miss for these two projects is a collaborator it's mm-hmm. for accountability and also you know to get deadlines like because yeah. i have to trick myself with deadline it doesn't work
0: it's it's no it's it's so like
3: i I, I know me and i don't trust me so <laughs> it's like. I,
0: I think that's what's good with your Nano Nick, is that you have the month. That's your it, deadline, and that everybody who is involved in this competition has that has that month long deadline.
2: Yeah, and it's even better, because the way the website is set up, it's giving you uh, like little like little Boy Scout patches. Like if you hit twenty one days in a row, you get this patch right. of hitting uh-huh. word count. So I've been doing that, and I'm like, I do not want to take a day off and and break my streak.
0: Yeah. That's like my uh, meditation app. <laughs> mm. But yeah, yeah, they don't have those for just like your personal passion project. No,
2: you you kind of have to. um, Do you remember that the Chris Hardwick book? Yes. Where he was like basically gamifying your creativity. You would have to do something like that for yourself. Like just right. because it's November, you, I mean, you could do NaNoWriMo whenever you have to, but right. like you have to make your own goals and somehow come up with your own. Um, I was gonna say receipts, but Re-
3: that's yeah, rewards. Yeah, yeah. It's because kind of, that's I'm desperately trying to get back into shape and do more workout. And mm-hmm. actually, like I've legit, you know, that's what they call nudge marketing and trying to get these small rewards when you do something. Mm-hmm. And I'm, right. I'm, in, I'm trying to find ways to get these small rewards that you're talking about. I got this on chess.com because I played every day for ninety days during the first <laughs> lockdown. And I was like, cool. Was like, oh, I'm gonna make it to the hundred, and I probably missed the day. So, I don't <laughs> get it. But I think this, th- those things are great because, yeah, that's 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 what's needed to get this small like dopamine for your brain. And, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm, def- I'm, de- I'm gonna check this. Uh, I-, I heard about this website, and I'll check. Maybe that's gonna help me with finding. Yeah, it. maybe maybe
0: there's there's I'm sure there's other apps like so. NanoRimo is for writing a novel in november but uh i'm sure there are other apps for like projects that you're working on that yeah. they must have like rewards and stuff for mm-hmm. like i don't know maybe that's something we can look into nick and we'll offer it as a as a bonus content for people who are watching or yeah listening, listening i, to the I know
2: there are tons of apps where like um like like you have to hit a word count or your little tree dies oh no <laughs> it's like, like like little video of trees yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh-oh. Yeah, there we go.
2: Like you, don't wanna,
3: garden, you don't yeah. want
0: to kill your trees, Florian. You to get oh, back yeah. to it. <laughs> Na-
3: n- nature-, nature therapy has really been a thing for me. Like
0: oh, same here. 100%. Oh, man. I'm <laughs>
2: I'm looking forward to or hoping that winter therapy will be okay. Like, we're going to have to really... Normally, I, I hate winter, and I only knuckle through it by like going to movies or bars or watching right. sports. But, like, you know, all that's going to be gone. So I actually have to go out into this Canadian wilderness. Maybe that, get yourself some, have.
0: some nice toasty gear. Yeah. So yeah. So you don't get too cold or wet.
2: Fully commit to winter.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, Which, I love it. Yeah, no, I was um, agreeing and saying, yeah, we need to make do with the. I'm actually also looking forward to, like, for, like, hiking during winter mm. and see how mm. it's like. Cause yeah, I like guess like now every every afternoon off that I have, I just go on the ravines in Toronto, like on a, oh, nice. a forest. Like I, I really feel like I, I this need to connect to nature in the city has become like yeah, it's my one of the most important thing. Like if I ever got COVID or have to quarantine myself, that's not being able to go outside. That's gonna be the, the worst part. Assuming okay. that I assuming that I don't. Have complications, obviously. Right. Yeah.
0: But maybe it would be part of your motivation, like to get better. You know, It'd be like, oh, as soon as this thing's done, I'm gonna go out there and hike. You know.
3: Yeah. I I, I don't need more <laughs> if I got it. I <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: I guess the motivation to that, not have COVID is probably it's that.
3: Best. That's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> my my number one. And you know, like, as actually, I think today I would have I was invited to do some improv in the Caribbean. And Whoa. I would have, I, I think I would have been in the Caribbean today, or oh. today. And that's the reason why I said, no, it was like the idea of like quarantine, yes. quarantine days and not being able to just have just an hour walk outside, which is so important that like, you know, crucial. I, I can't, I can't.
0: Yeah. It's crucial. Well, I love it. Do You have, is there anything else you, you you'd like to, sort of touch on because we've been we've been chatting for a little while I think it's time to wrap up
3: uh no I I think you know like just uh just that we all struggle (laughs) yeah and that's fine
0: that's part of it
3: I've been very struggling lately (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah I'll maybe I'll just like say again like talking honest like I'm thinking back on my hitchhiking trip and I've waited sometimes for a very long time and the longer you wait, the better it is when the car stops. So oh.
0: Yeah. I like that.
2: Also don't don't hitchhike during COVID.
0: No, yeah, that's probably a
3: good point. Yeah. Because and and, and <laughs> here's here's why I've noticed that even if they when you smile, the car is more likely to stop. But huh. if you hitchhike during Covid, you better wear a mask. So they can't yes. or for sure. you gotta
0: can you please write a book about this? Because this this all sounds like this kind of thing that if I read in a book, I'd, I'd be like, oh.
3: So d- when I hitchhiked, I wrote down everything on a notebook thinking, yeah, when i am be back, I'll write something. And uh, right. in my writing, I'm still in Victoria. So. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. I, yeah.
0: No, you definitely need to get one of these apps is what we're saying.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today, Flo.
3: Thanks for having me. That was super fun. Yeah. Cool.
0: And uh, I want to struggle on.
3: Yeah, struggle on.
0: Now you say it.
3: (laughs) Oh, struggle on.
1: Yeah.
3: Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. I am the monkey from Subway, and I'm listening to the Constant Struggle podcast every week. And I love listening to the Constant Struggle podcast eating a six-foot-inch sandwich made with my favorite ingredients, including lettuce, tomato, pickles, spinach, um, uh, can you get some cucumber, please? I'll also have some tomato cheese, um, onions, no, the the other kind of onions, and, uh, ranch sauce, please. Every week I'm listening to The Constant Struggle, and you can do it too with your favorite Subway sandwiches. It's me, the monkey from Subway.
2: (laughs) Oh, Bree, that, great episode yet another and good episode
0: such a great episode thank you so much to Florian for coming to to I was going to say coming to visit us but
2: <laughs> coming into his good. audio closet
0: yeah and which was
2: a, it's kind of cool actually
0: yeah um yep. yeah a lot of really great a lot of really great wisdom uh from Florian this episode about acting and life i think
2: yeah and like living in a foreign country
0: which yeah, is our country Brie. which is our country living here in canada and some of the struggles that come with uh, with moving to a new country.
2: Florian, uh, yeah. nice guy.
0: Nice guy. And then, oh, yeah, I was thinking, Nick, um, so we were talking about uh, gamification, the gamification mm. of writing I, in this episode. Yeah. And I wonder if anybody out there listening to the podcast has um, have any apps or any tools or things like that that they use to gamify their writing process or any of their artistic uh, processes. So if you do, let us know, because I'm super interested in that.
2: Bree would like to play your games.
0: I want to play your games. Although the other day <laughs> I was looking at one and it was like, okay, you, you have to do this. And I was like, well, sounds hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Pass.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I guess how do you trick your brain into buying into the game in the first place is yeah. something to think about.
2: Yeah, I mean these are rough times and uh you need to you need all the help you can get. That's true. Including playing games with your mind.
0: Games and apps. Games mm. and apps. Yeah. And cool. uh lots of naps. Games and apps and plenty of naps. <laughs>
2: oh god COVID. did you watch like the sound of music or something what's going let's on
0: let's start at the very beginning oh the <laughs> very end this is the end of the podcast uh thanks so much for You're listening. Right. we're gonna put up uh we're gonna put up all of the stuff that we talked about with Florian including that music video he recorded uh, and the uh, rencontre series that he made for bell tv uh bell bell five tv bell bell <laughs> which means pretty tv <laughs> And uh while you're at it, why don't you give uh, Florian and the Constant struggle uh, a like and a follow on all your social medias, uh Facebook, uh, Twitter. And uh, and uh throw throw some I comments know. out there too. Throw some comments? Throw some reviews? We love it all. It helps the podcast when you do. Um and we would greatly appreciate it.
2: All right, Bree, struggle on.
0: Struggle on.